Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort, if we're not recognized for effort at University of Oklahoma, then I'm a con man and they're a fraud. All right, guys, welcome to the Oklahoma Breakdown Podcast, brought to you guys by SB Nation's Crimson and Cream Machine. I'm your host, Kamiyar Morabian. Joined today by Andy Facemeyer from the Smoking Musket, Oklahoma. You know, they're, they're favored by 14. It's an 11 a.m. game on ABC. We were just kind of talking briefly andy about like hearing rumors not that long ago about this game maybe not even being played uh moments before and like hours before we even started on the podcast but andy how's life how are you doing man i'm doing pretty good uh i'm i'm uh i i'm managing i think as well as i think you can be in these circumstances whatever you know marketing euphemism you want to use um so just kind of you know enjoying you know what we can get and and thankful that our season so far has been relatively free of of that kind of drama until mm-hmm. really you know the Oklahoma game last uh, two weeks ago and now this week so um, we've been really fortunate at WVU in all of our sports that we haven't had a lot of COVID problems that we know about anyway yeah that's that's like that's an interesting thing they've got going on over there I mean like I, I assume West Virginia is like pretty much the most other universities around uh, the country where they basically told students don't come back after Thanksgiving break. Is that true? Yeah, they actually went uh, to uh, virtual, uh, all virtual right before Thanksgiving break and then ended the semester, you know, right after Thanksgiving break. Um, and and the sort of Morgantown area where, where WVU is, mm-hmm. I, I think is currently in what they call a, a, the red which is high community spread kind of issues. Yeah. But I think it really comes down to some really intentional decisions by the, the, the coaching staff. I think it's going to, I, I think that it's going to talked about that maybe some of the issues that this team has had are a result of some of those decisions. And we can, mm-hmm. can get into my, my pet theory on that a little bit, but um, you know, I think that it's been a really intentional decision by the the administration and 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 the coaches um, to really try and limit the spread, but you know even if you try really hard, you know. So we've just been really fortunate. I think that we we haven't had a lot of issues. Yeah, and definitely, and I mean, I mean, credit the Big Twelve in you know s- making sure they're spacing out weeks and games just in case things need to be played, unless you're Ohio State and. Uh, the conference bows down to you in order to get you into the college football playoff that mid, you know, only playing, you know, like four or five games. So 
what a, what a time to be alive. But I got some questions for you, man. And, you know, my editor, he wrote some of these. Jack, he did. And I have no idea what a couple of these things are. And I'm assuming that you do. And, you know, people that don't know that, that are listening to it because, you know, you're a Sooner fan. Andy, I asked Andy when he'd be cool to, with the podcast. And assuming that he was Eastern Standard Time, I was like, oh, yeah, you're cool with whatever this time EST. And then I was totally thrown off the fact that you're like, no, Mountain Time, I'm in Arizona. How does a West Virginia person like how does how, how does how do you find yourself in West Virginia uh, in Arizona uh, covering uh, the Mountaineers? So I grew up in West Virginia. I went to WVU uh, as a student and uh, worked there, worked at WVU actually for for about 10 years um, before I, I had the opportunity to come out here to Arizona. But, you know, uh, WVU, um, if you're familiar with how like the Pittsburgh Steelers have fans everywhere, mm. uh, WVU is actually pretty similar. We have fans all across the country because of, uh, you know, diaspora. So uh, we have a lot of fans across the country and I occasionally will run into some WVU folks here in, in uh, Arizona. And I'm in the part of, I'm in the one part of Arizona where it snows because I was real smart when I decided to move out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of moving to Phoenix, I moved to the the 7,000 foot part. So Very nice. Your lungs must be operating at like max capacity. Yeah, it took me, like when I first moved out here, it was a little bit of a change when you, you know, you start moving everything in and you're like, I'm only carrying <laughs> two boxes. Because uh, you get used to it. And, when I've gone back home, I've been like, oh, wow, this is just a little different. <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's awesome. Well, I got I got some questions. I hope you're ready. So what is the significance of the pepperoni roll in West Virginia, and what is your favorite variety? So the pepperoni roll is like a real cultural heritage thing, although it's kind of a northern it's all it's it's more a little bit more northern west virginia although it's we've kind of taken it on as our as a piece of of what it means to be about west virginia and so the pepperoni roll is really a, a nod to um the the coal mining heritage of the state um how it sort of came about was in the the you know the early 1900s um specifically in the the sort of area around Morgantown even, there's a large Italian community. Uh, There was a lot of Italian immigrants um, and their wives, the the miners' wives would make them, uh, you know, lunches. And the quickest thing that they could make for them um, that was really hearty and easy to eat was basically taking a stick of pepperoni, putting it in some dough and baking it. And so that is what uh, the the really basic pepperoni roll is. It's... um, near and dear to my heart. Um, I think everyone kind of has their own favorite thing about it or like a version of it. Some people will put, you know, uh, hot peppers or maybe cheese. Mm. Um, Whether or not you want stick pepperoni or you want the slices is a thing. Uh, I prefer slices and uh, no cheese or hot peppers. Although I'm, I'm perfectly open for those. Those are great once in a while. Uh, Every time I go back to West Virginia, um, I, I smuggle a, a couple dozen pepperoni rolls back with me. Um, I make pepperoni rolls for myself for game days still. So it, it's, it's a nice thing. And it, it, it's, a, it's cool. It's, it, it's real lowbrow. It's not real highbrow cuisine, but that's kind of, you know, it's lunch pail. And that's, that's part of who West Virginia is. Uh, you know, our, our, our DNA and our makeup is real lunch pail. And, and the teams kind of take that on too. So. 
That's fair. I, I didn't. I didn't even think about the miners and that being a thing. That that totally makes. How long does it take to make a pepperoni roll? It actually does not take too long at all because you're just uh, yeah. You know, you, you you the dough. It's and then, which is the other thing is it's super simple. Um, you know, I use uh, pizza dough. Actually, is what okay. I use typically because it gets real crusty. Because um, it's not like it's not like a calzone. Uh-huh. They're not like a calzone. Sometimes you'll get them and they're a little more bready. Um, they're almost like a hot roll, you mm-hmm. know, with pepperoni shoved in them. So there's kind of a mix between, you know. Uh, I'm trying uh, to wrap my what? mind around this. Is it like a is it like a pig in a blanket except it's a pepperoni roll? So it's a little bit like that. You can make okay. it like that. Like that's the easy way to do it. Is just okay. to, you get some like Pillsbury crescent dough yeah. and just wrap some pepperoni in it. But like if you go to like if you go if you go to to to, to Milan Pushkar Stadium, we sell pepperoni rolls in the stadium, mm-hmm. um, and the <laughs> ones that they sell are a little more bakeryish, so they're mm-hmm. a little more like uh, uh, bready. They're a little breadier, which okay. I think is important too. I like the bready taste because the bread really soaks up all of that pepperoni, like all the grease and stuff, and the alcohol. And so you get that that yeah. nice flavor, um, and so they're great with a beer. They are great. Yeah, with beer. <laughs> it's. That's that's interesting. So my next question is, love Twitter. To you, who or, or okay, which fan base in the Big Twelve is most insufferable, and which one do you think is most tol- tolerable? Uh, so I have I, I will I will put a shout out to to you guys as one of the best fan bases, honestly. And appreciate it. I, I say this. It. I have a bunch of Sooner friends. Like I have uh, friends who are Sooners before we joined the big 12 and so always have always had a place in my heart for the Sooners um and but generally speaking I've had really great experiences in the big 12 period I think we've been welcomed with open arms um I mean I think we all know that the Texas fan base is just they're there man yeah (laughs) they're a little full of themselves (laughs) and and for no apparent reason really I mean like one national title in my lifetime it's <laughs> the 70s man so uh yeah i would say in my opinion and we have a great relationship with iowa state fans uh we've kind of turned that into a little bit of a rivalry this year notwithstanding mm-hmm. uh and, and you know outside of basketball kansas fans are fine <laughs> outside it's always the story yeah it's always the story Gosh. Uh, but yeah, we've had, I've had really great experiences, but I will say, I think, you know, the Oklahoma fans have always been great. They're always fantastic folks. Yeah. And, and talking about like West Virginia fans, anytime I ever encountered some, any of them like on tailgates or whatever, like they're very, very open to accepting just random people at their tailgates and just like hanging out having a beer and talking about football. They're pretty chill until they start burning couches and things get a little crazy. Uh, but <laughs> for the most part, from my perspective, West Virginia folks are pretty great people. And so my question then is who would win in a fight? Owen Schmidt or a mountain lion? Oh, you know, I, I, I knew Owen when I was in college, I, I, you know, was around the WV football team in a lot of different ways. And, and so uh, he actually, uh, until recently, I don't think he still owns a bar. He did own a bar that was like roadhouse <laughs> style. Like if, if you were thinking of like the type of bar that Owen Schmidt would own, <laughs> you're, you're point one. 
Um, so I'm gonna say that Owen would would come awfully close to winning that fight, you know, because he's he was he was crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so for like for Oklahoma fans, explain who is Owen Schmidt. So you guys will probably remember Owen Schmidt from the, the Fiesta Bowl, um, the last time that we beat Oklahoma. Uh, he, Owen Schmidt was this like stacked like 200 and some pound like five foot ten fullback that we you know picked out of of the junior college right or not junior college I think he was at like a d3 school for a Mm -hmm. year um and we picked him up and he was just this like maniac like absolute maniac he used to headbutt himself And at one point, he had, like, a streak of, like, 12 games with a broken face mask. Like, he, he, that's how hard he would go. Uh, and he was great. You know, he was great, not just as a great blocker, but he was a tremendous runner. Um, and just, like, one of those guys who, who brought so much energy to the team and, and so much fire and passion that you just couldn't help but play for, you know, but, but want to see him do well. Uh, and, and he just brought so much energy and he brought an extra dimension to that rich rod running, you know, spread runs, spread oh, run. Man. Cause all of a sudden, you know, it's not, you know, a, a, a 180 pound running back who can run, you know, a four five 40 or something. It's this lunking tailback who can also really, really put the moves on you. So. Everybody needs a crazy fullback, man. Everybody needs a crazy fullback that is literally like just that's just waiting to lay his life on the line or his own uh his brain his own brain injuries you know by headbutting himself but who's your who is your west who's your okay who's your favorite west virginian alumni outside of sports Ooh, that's there's some good wvu alumni um That's a that's a tough question. Um, outside sports, I'm I'm gonna go with with a, an offbeat one, and just because it's the first thing that came to my mind, um, and it, it's it's kind of novelty fun fact. Lady Gaga's mom, what cheerleader at WVU. Oh. We have a lot of New Jerseyites who attend WVU, and she was one of them. That's interesting. That's that's where she got it all from. Learned it from her mom, man. That's interesting. That's such that's such like trivial knowledge too. That's <laughs> Occasionally, I can come up with this. That's incredible, actually. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, so Oklahoma, if this game is played, they're favored by two scores, to fourteen points. Do you think West Virginia does cover the game this weekend? You know, I think I, I I'm I'm notoriously bad at 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 that sort of thing. So I I try not to. I don't gamble on games because I don't I don't think that I I'm good at it. Um, I don't know. To be perfectly honest with you, I think that we don't have a lot to play for other than pride. I mean, let's be honest. And I don't know how much I don't know how much you know. Let's be honest. I also don't know how much Oklahoma is going to want to be there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, ah. 
So uh, it's conceivable. And we've played, you know, outside of the Iowa State game, we have played all of the good teams in this conference really closely. Yeah. We played Oklahoma State really well. Had an opportunity probably to beat Oklahoma State. Um, Had plenty of chances to beat Texas. Um, Just, you know, thing here or there. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, outside of the Iowa State game, I think we've we've played pretty good football. Um, you know, so I, I think it's possible that we could cover that. Um, I, I just don't, you know, I don't know what the frame of mind for the two teams is going to be. Like, I think that's, to me, the biggest question. Like, I'll be honest, I don't anticipate or think, I, I think it would take it would take some real sooner soonering to for us to win that game. Like I think it would it would take some effort uh, by Oklahoma's on Oklahoma's part. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just some weird stuff happening. Right. So I so like to be perfectly honest, yeah, I just don't know what to expect. And so I That's if fair. I were betting on it, I wouldn't. I would if I were a betting person, I would stay as far away from this game as possible. That's fair. I think a lot of I think a lot of Sooner fans, especially after seeing what Dave Aranda and the Baylor Bears did with Oklahoma and Norman this past Saturday, I think a lot of Oklahoma fans might agree uh, heading into Morgantown. And you know, last year the Big Twelve they got a rash of new coaches into the fray, and so regardless of what happens this weekend or maybe doesn't happen this weekend. How have West Virginia fans and folks around the program, how have they taken to Neil Brown in year two? Because the year one, like he was setting low expectations in which they rose above those from my, from what I understand. What are they thinking in year two? I think, you know, it's, it's still pretty much on target. Um, I think the losing the Iowa state game kind of put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Um, although again, getting getting whipped by a really good team on the road is not something that they should be that surprised about um so i i think that that you know the fan base likes him i mean the thing that i i thought about neil brown like the first time i ever heard him him talk uh, before we had formally made the hire when we were kind of at smoking musket doing some research on you know the various like names that were being tossed around I thought, man, he would be a good fit for the program just from a, 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 a perspective of he sounds like someone from West Virginia. <laughs> like, Doesn't he? Yeah, he, he totally does. He sounds like someone <laughs> who I would who, like who could have gone to high school with me or who I could know from, you know, my hometown. And I'm from a, a really small hometown in, in central West Virginia. So I think I think he he connects with the fan base in a way that Dana never did. Like Dana never connected with our fan base in that way. Um, and so I think that the, the Neil connects with them. And I think everyone kind of knew that this was going to be a process. Um, I think that people would like to see, I think people would like to have seen us get one of those big road wins. Mm. Like I'll say that there's some questions, like there is a clear there is a clear roadmap of what needs to happen in season three for him. Right. Based upon season two, like, and we've answered some of those questions that we had in season one, like, can he develop a running game? The answer to that? Yes. Can he continue to keep the defense in good shape? Check mark. 
So I think going into season three, there will be some questions. I, I think if we can, you know, keep it close against Oklahoma, not get, you know, absolutely just trashed. Um, and then, you know, hopefully, assuming we play a bowl game, uh, win a bowl game, that would be a big, I think that would be a huge, a huge bonus for, for Neil would be to get a bowl win. Because um, those were, that was something we struggled, we've always struggled with as a program. Um, we bowl success has, has not been something we have ever been good at. Um, <clears throat> so I think for Neil to, to maybe get a bowl win and it would be bittersweet for me too, because that we're almost certainly locked into the cactus bowl at this point, which I could normally drive about two hours to and actually get a CWVU in person. Um, but I'm not going to because of COVID. So, but yeah, I think that, I think people are generally happy. I think everyone kind of knew this was a bit of a mulligan of a season. Um, the fact that the defense has been outside of the Iowa state game, really good all season. Um, yeah. All right, man. Last question. What do people from West Virginia and the fan base realistically think of the famous man on Twitter, dude of West Virginia? I think it's, it's a little bit divided. I think there, there is a group of people who, who I think there's a group of people who really take him seriously. And then there's people like myself who he's a non-entity towards. So I, I was choosing your words very carefully. I'm trying to be very polite. Um, <laughs> Cause it's, it's nothing necessarily against it. It's just, I don't, I, I, the thing about WVU has always been, if you've, you've followed WVU for any, any period of time, and this has not changed under the, the current administration from, you know, way back when WVU is very tight lipped as an administration. Mm. They are probably one of the better organizations and, Part of that is a credit to their amazing, uh, the, the, the great staff that they have in their athletic comms office, who I've worked with for a number of years. But they're just not someone, it's not a leaky ship. So things don't get out unless they want it to get out. So things are usually kept pretty tight. So I, I anytime I hear wild rumors, uh, I just, you know, and my experience has always been that, you know, people who, who talk a lot of stuff don't always really know a lot of stuff. I've, I've, uh, I remember one time, I think Oklahoma, it, I think it was the last year of Trickett or one of, one of the two dudes. I remember the dude, he was tweeting out about how West Virginia players had bigger, um, balls than Oklahoma players. And he, like, he tweeted out like a graphic of like the size of balls, but they were actually just circles. It was a weird situation, man. It was truly odd. Like, why, why do that? Like, what, and like, my bit about this is, is like, we, we should not talk, we should not talk shit to, to Oklahoma until we have beaten them. Like, we can, we can talk about Texas because we've beaten them regularly. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a beautiful we've sight. We've pretty good at that. But, you know, we have not beaten Oklahoma since we joined the Big, Big 12. Um, I just don't see the purpose in it. Like, it's like Oklahoma is obviously a really good football team and a really great program. And why piss them off? These two teams, <laughs> these two teams always fight though. The games are always chippy. I don't under, I don't understand that. I don't get it. Like, I think I some of that was Dana. 
honestly, okay. and Dana's personality. <laughs> I, I don't get that sense from Neil. Um, as much, I mean, I think Neil, I think Neil and Lincoln know each other. Mm. I feel like they have that same connection through Texas Tech and, and how mummy Mike Leach. They're like on the tree together yeah. somewhere. But I, I don't I don't get the sense that they have any like personal animosity. I mean, you know, I don't. You're good. So like I, 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 I would gather that some of that chippiness will go away a little bit. I mean, it's not, it's obviously I think, you know, Oklahoma's got the big target on your old back and, and until, you know, someone dethrones you, it's fine. I, I, you know, I, I get that on a certain level, but I just don't understand the need to like needlessly rile up. Don't poke the giant. <laughs> you know, don't. At the same time, though, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, they, they bring it on themselves sometimes. Like that one year at Milan Puskar where like the Oklahoma team, they started warming up like and dancing on the West Virginia logo at midfield. That was probably a bad look. They like wanted a fight. It, that was a that game was stupid. There's about been a lot of stupid games over in Morgantown between the Sooners and the Mountaineers when Mike Stoops is at the helm. But it was just, it was just so so odd that the animosity between these teams always gets chippy, regardless of what the score is. It makes for entertaining football, but like they always get angry. And so like I'm hope hopeful, like you said, Neil Brown and Link they know each other relatively well from that same tree and have a kind of this mutual understanding how things kind of go. I think it's intriguing. Um, how do you see this game playing out if it is played? Um. I would imagine that, you know, I think WVU probably has a little bit, I think, you know, WVU is going to want to, I think Neil will have, will have talked about wanting to end the season better than a 42 to six shellacking uh, where you kick two, we kicked two surrender field goals (laughs) in Ames. It's incredible. Um, So I'm pretty certain that he's going to want to get them fired up and, um, I'm curious to see what the quarterback situation is. He's kind of hinted around that he might play um, green a little bit more, you know, depending on what's going on with the situation. Uh, although I, I think some of that might just be coach speak to kind of, you know, light a fire under, under Doge. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I would guess that WVU keeps it competitive, um, but Oklahoma, I think you guys just have too much talent. Um and I think we, we, we get a game where we, our defense keeps us in it, um, but the offense just can't put enough. The offense just can't put enough together enough times. They ha- they'll have, they have spurts where they play really well. Um, and then you'll have like a, a couple series where we can't do anything. Um, so I, I think that's kind of my prediction is that, you know, WVU keeps it close, has an opportunity have some opportunities and just can't cash in and Oklahoma, you know, takes care of business. Well, Andy, thanks for coming on talking some West Virginia culture and West Virginia, everything else talking about the game. Uh, before we go to a break for our sponsors, Andy, tell everybody where they can find your stuff and where they can reach you at. Uh, sure. So I'm, I write at uh, smoking musket at the SB nation site. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at, at, Stat boy Andy with an I. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, guys, back from a break. And now I'm being joined by my co-host, Stephen Brown. Stephen, you're in the middle of more adult things. You're moving. How are things? You said but before before we got on the podcast, uh, I was running a little bit. You, you were running a tiny bit behind because you had to shut a dog up. Did you shut him up? Pers- uh, oh, yeah. 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 My, my in, roommate in is in the backyard right now. Uh, okay like a punishment outside i think he's actually back inside now someone run back in so like so it's not it's not a permanent shutting up it's just like momentarily oh no i didn't go out there and sacrifice the dog yeah um but he he did need to learn to stop barking inside at least it's true what kind of dog is it i have no idea it's on the smaller side it's a smaller dog so it's not the cantaloupe eating dog no that one uh that one's the big dog hmm all right, man. That one is uh, that one's special. That one's yeah, yeah. It's like wants to play fetch, but just kidding. Just wants to eat the cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah, and the, the one thing is like when you're moving, you don't have food because you don't want to buy groceries. <laughs> yeah. So I've been I, I'm on my second day of Chipotle. Nice, I, man. I, I had to I love go back, it. but they didn't charge for the double meat this time. So wonderful. I uh, I had the garage for dinner. It was wonderful. And then I talked. I talked too much today at work, so now I've been like on a steady diet of CVS cough drops, and I <laughs> and and I also have a headache. So I'm like, oh no, sore throat and a headache. I, I've got I've got the Rona. So well, hope, also hopefully above not. Forty degrees today, so That's everyone true. has allergies. That's true. That's true. My my sister caught the Rona, but she seems to be in good spirits, and she's had it since like last week. I mean, she's she's fine, man. But let's let's talk about this game. If it happens, we just I just talked to Andy and I mean like seems like maybe the game may not even happen. And Oklahoma fans, not well, maybe not the fans, but Oklahoma players and coaches, they probably are fine with not playing this game, I imagine. And so, but let's say this game is played. Are you worried at all about Oklahoma looking ahead to the conference championship game rematch against Iowa state instead of really game planning against the West Virginia Mountaineers? I kind of thought about that last night after we, we talked to Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, I'm not because I think Oklahoma has a lot to prove coming off of Baylor. Um, that was a down game by, I think a lot of people's perspective, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and then you also had the coaching distractions, you know, our coach is going to be on the field is Bob Stoops going to coach is uh, Alex Grinch going to be there. So there's, there's some turmoil on there in the practice field, but I think they'll be much more focused. And I think they want to get things together, looking ahead at Iowa state. I, I agree. I agree. I, I think they could use the actual live practice, live game time. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of environments like Milan Puskar down in, or I guess up in Morgantown. And there's not a lot of environments like it. It's cold weather. You need to get used to playing outside of Norman. I think the game, if they could play, I think they should play. Uh, but at the same time, I know there's risk involved with getting COVID with the planes. You're being a metal tube with recirculated air. These dudes are wearing like 
two masks, one with an N95, a mask over an N95, and a face shield. Like they're <laughs> they're they're taking all precautions when they go fly. And it's it's a line. I but I think if they can play the game, I think if both sides have the numbers, I think they should play the game. And you know, West Virginia would just be playing for pride. That's what they would be playing for. Oklahoma, I guess in their facets, would be playing for uh, tempo and to get more like a real live game practice in. But at the same time, I don't think they would mind just practicing six days this week and then taking an off day without even traveling and then just going to Jerry world the following Saturday. Right. I, I could totally see that too. Just recovering, making sure nobody gets injured, going to the game plans and suddenly just ditching West Virginia and going straight for schedule, going straight to practicing for Iowa state and scheming a little bit more. Like I could totally see that. And so if this game is played, how do you expect Oklahoma to, what do you, what do you expect them to do to counter this West Virginia front seven? Cause we talked about that yesterday with Brady. Uh, and, you know, we all know the West Virginia's defense, especially their front four. They're really good in Oklahoma. They've struggled against teams that have good front fours and in players that could really give their offensive line some problems. And so what would you think Lincoln Riley might do to combat <clears throat> maybe the aggressiveness on the edges about how Neil Brown might deploy this defense. I think they'll, they'll probably try to spread the offense out a little bit. I don't think they just completely abandon a run game. In fact, I think they will run early and often um, through the first quarter. West Virginia is really not a great rushing defense. They just get a lot better as the game goes on. So in those, those third and fourth quarters, um, they're one of the better teams in the big 12 against the run. Whereas in the first half, you're looking more about a, a middle-of-the-road Big 12 team. So I think they're running early and often. Uh, another thing they can do is just open up the, the, the run game by spreading the offense out and doing some quick passes. Yeah, I, I think I see Oklahoma doing a lot of screens, a lot of quick, quick passes on the edge, and I hope if it, this game does happen that it's not to Charleston Rambo. Oh, the fact that they still even entertain that play to me is just like ridiculous. I, I don't get it. I, there's, there's nothing there that says to me, keep on doing that play or not necessarily that play, but keep right. on using that personnel for that play. It just blows my mind. Why not have Rambo on the edge and you run that play for Drake Stoops instead of Drake Stoops blocking on the edge and Rambo, you know, running, sideways he can't side he, to side for 20 just, seconds yeah he just can't do it it's not in his repertoire of uh of weapons that he has he's he's a straight line speed guy and take the top off of a defense that's something that i think lincoln riley deserves criticism on his personnel groupings i know it's covid we're all aware that players have been missing but when you have a Theo Wees available when you have a Jaden hazelwood available drake stoops uh whoever else why are you in Marvin Mims and whoever, I don't know, several other dudes. And you're going to have a Charleston Rambo run a screenplay on the outside. Like might as yeah, well put Alex Ross house. back there. Like what is the difference? Like is Alex Ross just like more buffed up? I mean, they have the same amount of skill in, in cutting. <laughs> they run fast. They're very fast. Straight line speed track guys. Yeah, they are. But other than that, like there's, it's, it's incredible. Gosh, I hate that. Anyways, what advantage does Oklahoma really have in this game? Because I think you can point to quite a few things, but what are some really important keys you think Oklahoma has an advantage in? Well, I think they have to get their receivers going, and I don't think it's just Marvin Mims. Um, Theo Weiss is going to be a big factor in this yep. game because you see the more that Theo Weiss gets involved, it opens up the offense just even more for everyone else. 
um, especially looking at guys like uh, Mikey Henderson, um, those halfbacks, and even, you know, the running backs in the, in the passing game. So the more that they can push those safeties back with Theo Weiss, it's going to open up stuff for Marvin Mims over the middle and even more so for the running backs and halfbacks. Is Trajan Bridges ever going to play again? Or is no. he just is, is he going to be just banned by the NCAA for smoking doobies? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he plays this season, not even in the bowl game. Because at this point, even if you do get uh, whatever waiver that you need. You risk injury no for like yeah. one game. <laughs> right. So, I mean, what, what's the point of that? But, uh, I mean, that's an interesting thing, interesting concept because you can use him in so many different ways. Yep that West Virginia or any other team hasn't really seen yet. You think he ever plays it at Oklahoma or do you think he ends up transferring out? Uh, what do you think? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with our, this recruiting class. We'll see what happens Friday, but uh, I think he'll stay at Oklahoma. Yeah. Like with the Mecca, like trending Oklahoma. And then all of a sudden he trended toward the Buckeyes, which happened with Travian Henderson, right? Was that, was it Travian Henderson? Uh, Traven Henderson, Jantez, or yeah, oh, Jan- yeah, Jansen, Jansen Dunn, or whatever. And uh, I made the funny tweet about Velas Jones today, so yep. it always seems to happen that, like, oh, it's a great visit. And Oklahoma's gonna get this guy's commitment. And the next thing you know, it's like, I'm all Buckeyes. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's weird how that happens, man. Uh, what advantages does do you, or what advantage do you think West Virginia has? I think we probably covered it, right. Oh, it's their front seven in, in, in both the running you know, rushing defense and that pass rush. Um, I mean, there's no question, especially against an offensive line that had a, had a down week against Baylor. That's true. What, what, what's the score of this game? Uh, what, how are you feeling? It's a 14 game point. It's, it's a 14 point spread. I didn't even look at the over under what, what's the score. Oh, I was going to do this for Brady's podcast. I think I said, I determined like 45-21 or 45-24, something like that. You know, Oklahoma, of course, because um, I just I don't see a way that Oklahoma loses this game heading into the, the right. conference championship. I I think <clears throat> Oklahoma wins. I don't think they score in the 40s. I think they're like 31-34. I think they're like 31-34 Dial it back points. a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think Oklahoma scores 31-34. or I think West Virginia scores like 21-24, somewhere around there. So like I could see 34-24 easily. And I think that would not satisfy many people, uh, <laughs> especially if the game is is muddy, uh, metaphorically. Anyways, uh, I I just don't. I man, I have a tough time. But who knows? Like, because I just know West Virginia's defense. They're tough. They're physical. Right. They like to get after the quarterback. They're disciplined. They have a good coach. And they're uh, good in the fourth quarter. They're so. good in the fourth quarter, and they're at home. You know, I, I worry about this young team still. I mean, they're talented. Oklahoma, this team is greatly talented. But I do worry about the youth of this team and especially in adverse situations. So give me Oklahoma 34 to 24, but I'm not confident in, in that score. I'm, I, sh- I should be confident in Oklahoma winning just because they have the depth. They have the talent. They've got the coaches. They should be able to take care of business. But, I mean, things are – now things are always like Oklahoma should have been able to take care of business against Kansas state and Iowa state too, by being up by two and three scores. So who knows? Let's have some fun. Tom Herman back at Texas, maybe. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a chance. There's a chance just because his buyout's so big. And even with, you know, 
a lot of the Texas boards bragging that big money donors are ready to fork up the 25 million it's going to take to get Tom Herman out and then pay another contract. It just doesn't seem feasible, especially, you know, with everything, the economy like dialing back for everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's just, does doesn't seem like the time to fire someone that has a buyout that big. So you don't think they're going to be trading oil wells to get urban Meyer to make, to reaffirm that he will not be coaching at Texas. <sighs> Um, I think he's gonna be coaching. I just have a weird feeling. Who would coach Texas? Who would be a good Who would be a good hire for them? Besides Urban, yeah. Uh, you know they always like to go for the big name hires, but someone like uh, I don't know. I like the Coastal Carolina guy a lot. Or I mean, you look at what's a Fleck up at Minnesota. I think would be a pretty Fleck. Good yeah, hire. So I was thinking of Fleck. But the, the Texas doesn't hire the young coaches. Although no, they, they, they go for they, like the... They tried in Herman, right? The a new young up-and-coming coach. But Herman, I mean, he already made a name for himself at, at Ohio State and then at Houston. That's so he had true. that experience. Lincoln Riley coming from East Carolina is like, was, was he even 30? I don't think so. He might have been close. Something like that. Gosh, remember when Herman was having a great season at Houston and everybody, well, not everybody, but several people were like, hey, Tom Herman should be the next head coach at OU. I'm glad Oklahoma dodged oh, that boy. Man, I, was, I think I said that at one point. I think a lot of people said it at one point because they saw how stale and Oklahoma was. And they saw wasn't a, Scott Frost was another name. Yep. <clears throat> remember when, oh, oh, didn't Bob Stoops had interviews with both of the TCU offensive coordinators? Uh, I think it was just was it Cumby maybe Sonny Cumby? Who's the other one that looks like Matthew McConaughey? Uh, Dykes something. Sonny Dykes is it Sonny Dykes? Something like that. I don't even. He went know. to Kansas and did nothing or something like that. <clears throat> well, that's what a lot of people do at Kansas, unless you're the basketball team. But yeah, I mean, sure. Gosh, Tom Herman back at Texas would be too funny. Who would be their quarterback next year? Because I, I I mentioned Casey Thompson, but. <laughs> has, he, has he has he graduated? I don't uh, think he has. I don't think he has. I think he graduates next year. That's kind of funny. I don't think who they have recruited lately. Quinn Ewers. Uh, <laughs> didn't, didn't go. He well. would be. He would have. <laughs> it would have just brought him in early. Yep. Didn't go. Didn't go well. Didn't go well for Texas. And talking talking about you know Quinn Ewers and people going up north to the Buckeyes. The Big Ten kowtowing to Ohio State, who's played like what four games, five four uh, games, the fifth game, fifth game. I don't know, something like that. Basically, they they just like changed their rules last second to get Ohio State in the Big Twelve title or Big Ten title game, and basically cement their spot in the college football playoff. And, uh, you know, I think if other states can sue other states, I think conferences should be able to sue other conferences for <laughs> yeah. that BS. Look at Bob Bowlesby on the phone right now. Like Bob Bowlesby looks like a freaking genius compared to the, the Big Ten and vice versa. Because, I mean, the Big been, Ten is just. He's been playing the long game all along, man. Like, we, this guy's a jackass. He's going to kill the conference. He's going to kill all of us. Oh, he was right. He, he had us the entire time, man. The entire time. I don't forgive Bullsby <laughs> for anything, but uh, 
Yeah, I can't decide who looks more like a jackass all the time. Is it is it Bullsby? Is it the Big Ten? Because in a way, the Big Ten's kind of smart. They didn't even have to play a full schedule, and they're gonna get their team to the playoffs. That's terrible. That makes me so mad. That makes me so so mad. And like I talked about how angry I was gonna be when the season even started. That it like if I swear to God, if Ohio State gets in by playing like <laughs> six games, I'm gonna lose my mind because there are teams out there. We discussed this with Brady yesterday. There are teams out there that have literally won twice as many games as them and are undefeated, and they're gonna be left out. Yeah, of, of the conversation in general, not even just out of the playoff, just but left out of the conversation. And if if the college football playoff had any balls. They would expand because just like everything this year that's being unconventional because people are loving the word unconventional, uh, it should be eight teams because of how like ridiculous and how stupid the season is. And the fact that they're still sticking with four despite a lot of bowl games drying up rather quickly, I, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. I hate it. It's so stupid. Your your Texas quarterback question. They they did recruit uh, a Lake Travis guy in Hudson card. That's what I was thinking of. Nah, never heard of her. I don't don't know. He's the guy who threw to uh, what's his name Garrett Wilson in one of those Texas playoff games. He made that oh. one handed catch. So he's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, still not good enough to beat Oklahoma with all their issues. But I mean, you man, gosh, Texas. How how good are they even going to be next year? Not very, uh, right? If they, there's rumors. I mean, they could leave. They could uh, lose Robinson, <laughs> so that would pretty much tank that offense. Oh yeah, I forgot. They've been talking. There are rumors about those dudes. Those dudes transferring, yeah. heading out. That so it could be like pretty a, rough for whoever is the the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. Maybe he's being a selfish teammate. His pee is too yellow. <laughs> Remember those hydration charts? Yeah. Do you think they had those during COVID? Maybe he's like, we're not going to pee during the COVID era. Just store it all up. Just save it <laughs> for the end of the season. Or, or how about this as incentive? This is real messed up, but you might like it. Who knows? You probably won't like it, but I don't know. The fans might. I don't know. Incentive for making sure you're not the bad teammate. They get like a color wheel, right? And they put it, right? They, they plaster it in, in the front of, the damn locker room okay everybody drops their shorts pisses in a cup at the same time like fraternity style all right they all go to the front of the room and put their pee their urine next to the color wheel <laughs> whoever has the hue closest to basically the color gold whoever has the most pure form of yellow or gold <laughs> has to drink it in front of everybody uh, <laughs> I don't know if the NCAA is going to allow that. Uh, I could see I, Tom Herman. I might hear it prevents it. COVID. I, I hear it prevents COVID. There's a lot of things that prevent COVID, apparently. <laughs> Some guy tried to tell me the other day, and I was like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, walked up, he was like, this is what they want to do. And I was like, I didn't even ask. You're just telling me stuff. <laughs> yeah. Go away. What some random guy just like trying to didn't even start a conversation. It was mid conversation with you while you were unaware. Well, I have a I had this equipment out and mm -hmm. uh one of it's a UV light thing. Oh, I see. And we I use see. it to, air purifier. to something. Okay. Uh, I saw air purifier. It like 
it melts like adhesive, basically. Oh, okay, I see. Oh, I see. He's like, "Is that a UV light?" And I said, "Yeah." He's like, "That's what they want to inject us with." And I was like, "Go away." <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> can I inject myself with Clorox? I heard that kills kills everything. Gosh. I already have it. I have the antibodies. You okay? do. You do. Yeah, proud you owner of it? some COVID antibodies. You, you, <laughs> might have, I might get a syringe while you're sleeping and uh, take, <laughs> care of, my take, blood. Care, take care of business. <laughs> I'd be a little bit more tired in the morning. <laughs> so because of COVID, a couple years down the line, conferencing realignment is probably going to happen. Do you think COVID is going to be a factor in conference realignment after like after this year do you think it's really shaken some some uh, conferences to really look elsewhere for some teams i think it has and you look at specifically the pac-12 um being one of the more weaker voices during this whole chaotic era uh there's no way you're going to get teams to go into the pac-12 um i know like what was it, 10 years ago oklahoma and texas were heading to the, the pac-12 but all Thank of a sudden, they look, they look like the worst conference, the worst leadership, um, no chance at the playoffs, usually unless Oregon does something. So I think the Pac-12 is really taking a hit as far as reputation during this whole process. The Big 12, they may have kind of upped their standing a little bit with some of these teams. Um, not that they, you know, BYU wouldn't want in or right. like with Cincinnati because they basically shut those teams out during their $5 million surge. Um, but I think the big 12 looks better. So I think they could take on a, a team or two mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, whatever, whatever West Virginia wants to do, you can, you can move around that. See, when I was talking to Andy, he said, like, I asked him and I, I don't even remember if I was re- where we were recording yet. Uh, I asked him about realignment in West Virginia because they're just out there. And, I, and so I asked him, I was like, Hey, would, would, would West Virginia ever join the ACC? Cause we all know West Virginia is not joining the SEC cause the SEC don't want them. And so I was like, Hey, do you think they would join the ACC? And apparently the ACC also not a fan of West Virginia, according really? to him, which I think is intriguing. Uh, so they, he said he is hopeful and that other West Virginia folks are also hopeful that they would like to stay in the big 12 and maybe just add a team or two. Hopefully, of course, out east to give them some some regional fan bases that they they can travel to because, of course, with they, where they are now, there's no way they're making that two away games in basketball and football. I mean, at least while they were in the Big East, they had Pittsburgh and all these other teams like oh, the Big Twelve. Like, oh yeah, we're vetting Memphis and Cincinnati and Louisville, and then they said, "Just kidding, we wasted all this money." So, I'm I'm just curious <laughs> to see what happens because I, I think I think you'll see more comp, like regional realignment. I think you'll, you'll see that. Right. I, I'm just intrigued what that will be, you know, three years down the road. But do you think this affects Oklahoma in any way? Uh, in what way? Like, what do you like? What 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 context? Like, do you think they're more content to stay in the Big Twelve than mm-hmm. they were two years ago? Yes, I think I think two three years ago everybody's screaming, "Get the fuck out!" And yeah. now. Uh, I think people are like looking at the Pac-12. People looking at uh, who who big else? Ten, the big whatever the, they're big, doing. The Big Ten, the ACC, and the SEC. I think people, especially as Iowa State gets better, and people hopefully, hopefully Texas gets better. But I think people are starting to think that the Big Twelve is maybe not like the fourth Power Five league, but the third behind the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, the SEC. You have a lot of, I mean, you have you have Alabama, 
Florida, Georgia. Uh, who else? Is that really it? I mean, like, I don't, I don't believe the AM hype. I just don't freaking believe it. Yeah, this seems like a flash in the pan. It, so, it really does. I don't believe the AM hype. Uh, the SEC East. I mean, who, who do they even have? Georgia I mean, is Arkansas in the, the East? No, no, they're not. They're not and Missouri, so, I guess. God, they're ranked on the twenty fifth. Oh, f them! They know why they ranked Missouri. Like, gosh, yeah. So the SEC, they've got the powerhouses, and they've got some like mid major. Well, not mid major, but it's like middle of the road, above average teams, and that's about. And they've got some bad teams too. The Big Ten. I mean, they've got Ohio State right every year and then i mean michigan's just a massive failure even though they have wisconsin's a better team than or better program than than michigan and and so like i mean gosh it's it's i think the big 12 could be third but if notre dame joins the acc officially they would be third i think that's two high profile programs in the acc between clemson notre dame and one one of them is an official blue blood and the other is on, on their way to being a blue blood. Uh, I mean, we'll see, we'll check back on Clemson's blue blood status in about 10 years and see if they're in the same spot because you're not a blue blood. If you're a flash in the pan, you're not a blue blood. Right. If you have new money, blue blood is sustained success. And you or, look at Miami for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, it, it just, it's sustained success over several decades, not several seasons. And that's not what Clemson has had. So if people are already crowning Clemson as a blue blood, no. Have they had a lot of recent success? Yeah, they have. Are they on their way to becoming a blue blood? Maybe, depending upon what happens over the next 10 years. Sure, I might consider it. But as of now, I would say no. What do you think? As far as Clemson? Yeah. Um, it just depends on what Dabo does. Because we all know that you know Saban isn't getting any younger. Right. So if that job ever opens up within the next five years, let's say, does Dabo just jump at that? Because if he mm. does, I don't think Clemson – I think he is Clemson, basically. It's a good question. I don't know. Because even if Venables took over that program, I don't think he has the same effect. I don't think he does either. I don't think he does either. Do you – do you think Texas – I was thinking about this the other day. Do you think Texas is a blue blood? I don't think they are. Um. They're a traditional powerhouse. I don't wouldn't say they're a blue blood. They've won three titles in like however many years. Three. Yeah. I would just say they're a traditional program. They now, like, traditionally, they've been above average or better than most that some coaches might say. But they have one title, and they like to brag about, oh, it's the most recent one in the Big 12. Like, okay, I'm glad you're counting. <laughs> uh, but like then before that's in the 70s, and it's like, Earl, like, come on, what? No, it's, it's they've had sustained success as far as like seven and two seasons, sure, when they were 10 game seasons. Uh, but now, it, it, yeah, whatever. Sam Ellinger said they were back and then they subsequently only went like 20 and 14 or something. It's something like that 22 and 14. Just hilarious. There's kind of um, embarrassment. Yeah. Texas is just going to hang around there, even that's, if they're bad. That's awful. I feel a little bit bad for Sam Ellinger because as much as I hate Texas and as much as I think Sam Ellinger is not a great quarterback, I mean, like at least the dude, like he really, really cares. I mean, if we were, if, if he was an Oklahoma Sooner, he's their Baker Mayfield. Yeah, exactly. And so if he was like one of a Sooner fan, like, or he was, if he was a Sooner, like Oklahomans would love him. 
Right. Um, and so like, I, I kind of give this, this respect to him because like, he's pulling his weight as much as he can to take that. He's dragging this team to somewhat relevance in which other quarterbacks probably could not do. And so I, I have to commend him for that. Uh, that being said, I mean, I still think he's not an NFL quarterback and I still think that, you know, he's when OU played them last year in the cotton bowl, he was the third best quarterback that was on in the stadium behind Rattler and Jalen hurts. Yeah. But, I mean, I just, I just, I don't see it, but let's get to the, the best part of this podcast because you know, I, 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 I honestly, I got home. I was tired. I was just like, man, I don't even know. I just want to go to sleep. But then I thought of this that was keeping me awake. And, uh, you know, I did some homework and you said you'd, you've got a few, you did, you did some homework. What weird conspiracy theories does Mike Leach probably believe in? This be, this needs to become a, a new weekly <clears throat> segment. What conspiracy theory or spe- theories does Mike Leach probably believe in you know i i'm a big national treasure fan so i absolutely mm-hmm. think that mike leach would would believe into this this treasure of uh what do they call them the freemasons and all treasure that on the back of the con- uh declaration yeah of so I, I could definitely see mike leach breaking in and taking the, <laughs> the declaration of he independence and going would. on a little treasure hunt um also i think i think it was this week they uh some Israeli defense space guy came out and was like, yeah, there's aliens. So uh, we, I think Mike Leach would definitely subscribe to the fact that the United States is conspiring uh, with an alien species. I mean, how else will we get Mike Leach, right? It's true. He, w- he would even bring up like specific encounters over like 1942, 1967, mm-hmm. uh, one in the 80s, one yesterday. He seems like the type of person that knows like body parts of aliens that we have no clue. <laughs> like, like they're already named and he already knows the name. Yeah. But... Like, like, a, like talking about flaxnoids and shit. Like <laughs> nobody knows what a flaxnoid is, but this man, it keeps on talking about how an alien has flaxnoids and that's what makes them incredible. And everybody's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's say aliens do exist and they, and they come down to earth. Yeah. And you send one ambassador. Would it be Mike Leach? You send him out there. Why would you send one of their own? Uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> he might be a good, he might be a good. Hey, you know, we, we, the new the new cabinets are being made for the the United States regarding like the executive branch. You know, you might have Mike Leach head up the Department of uh, <laughs> International Relations, not international space relations. Space Force, yeah, Space Force relations. You might have him head that that branch up. So might might send out a couple of emails today. You know, I think Mike Leach would totally get behind this idea of the reptilian elite. Have you ever heard of this conspiracy theory? Is this the the lizard people or whatever? The shape-shifting lizard people that are like Okay, yeah, yeah. They're like popular figures all throughout the world or world leaders that you know, if you catch them quite quickly in a camera frame, you could see, you can see their eyes and their pupils have like be exactly like a reptile. And they're, you know, for some reason, they're always like pale and you in, in whatever. And, in, in, and, uh, yeah, I could totally see him believing in that all of the Illuminati and all <laughs> of the influential people on earth are actually shape shifting, uh, 
reptiles. I could see uh, that. That makes sense, I guess. Because, I mean, we- they shed their skin, right? All reptiles, I don't know. I'm not really a doctor or scientist, but I think they, they all shed. A doctor scientist? Molt. Yeah, whatever. When was, you get a PhD that- and then you go and you're like, <laughs> hey, this is what a lizard is. This is, they just remove their own skin. So I could see that being a thing. I'm a goddamn lizard scientist. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> I did not pay attention in uh, zoology at all in high school. Check out this iguana. His name's uh, Fred. The only time I really did pay attention was like when we went to the zoo. I was like, "This is cool." Yeah. What's hey, up? Get a get off. a avoid. You got to avoid the hippo exhibits, though. That was like the smelliest place. Oh yeah, you, is it, a room that, full like, of hallway. Yes, a room full of like water with like hippo butt in it, like gross. <laughs> what what is they it? need to uh, they need to somehow get that smell and just make it into a candle. Oh, it's like a, as a a holiday gift. My stomach is like turning <laughs> right now thinking about that. Like that's when people like that, and when people say <laughs> that, when people say as an insult and i'm going to use tom herman in this phrase that tom herman smells like hot dog water oh. every time that makes me cringe Sounds throw disgusting. <laughs> You're like boy how much how much would it take you like if i were to pay you how much would it take you to drink a cup of boiled hot dog water is the water so hot mm, lukewarm okay how big is the cup? Uh, like eight ounces, sixteen let's ounces. Let's go twelve ounces. Uh, I mean, times are tough. I'd probably do it for like fifty. What if it was cold? Fifty-five. Times are tough. <laughs> got to make money somehow. Oh man, you know, yeah, you got to work hard for your money, you know. And yeah, oh, gosh, I'm trying to think of another. N- conspiracy theory that mike leach would believe in i think he uh, might believe the in a pyramids lot pyramids were were built by aliens aliens you know i could see that Ooh. hmm uh jfk thing the multiple yeah oh computers. yes he 100 percent believes in all the jf like like dale gribble 100 percent believes in all <laughs> of the jfk conspiracy theories you think uh, mike leach has ever gone to the scene of the crime and like measured out like, yes i feel like he has like took taken pictures when they drove explicitly, his own car like at the same explicitly speed. tell you <laughs> in that museum they explicitly tell you not to take pictures and they have dudes walking around with the earpieces like making sure you're not taking pictures and like i could totally see him like looking out the window where lee harvey lee harvey oswald shot jfk from that textbook factory and and like him like looking at it through his camera and being like yeah it seems about right like i could totally see him doing something like that like balances on a broomstick so yeah the right weight for his rifle at at the same time i feel like he is vehemently against any sort of like september 11th conspiracy theories but like would embrace the reptilian elite ones i could see that I feel like that's a fair thing to say. You know, he likes more of the the abstract. Yes. Uh, and I'll never forget, I was watching Friday Night Lights, the series, not that long ago. This man makes a cameo in, in talking to Coach 
Eric Taylor, and he's like, hey, man, you've lost your inner pirate. You got you to <laughs> oh swing your sword. You, you need to find your inner pirate and just go with it. And he's like, and they meet at a gas station, and that's about it. He's like, oh, I know you. You're, you're Coach Eric Taylor. You've got a hell of a team down there in Dillon. You lost your inner pirate. I'll never forget that. The greatest what it moment. Could have been if uh, Mike Leach would have pursued his acting career. Yeah. Or if he would have pursued the head coach at Dillon. That's true. Back to back to back to back state championships. Oh man, there might uh, there may be a game this week. There might not be a game this week. Yeah, there is recruiting this week. Tell me about. So we should it. maybe maybe tell talk about, about that. Yeah. So so oh, so here's <clears throat> here's what I've heard, and tell me if I'm wrong. I've heard Savion Bird now is trending more toward SMU, um, and to me, and of course you could stop me at any moment. To me, if Savion Bird does trend more toward SMU, that would maybe, to me, suggest Oklahoma is in a really good spot for Bryce Foster and Tristan Lee. What, what do you What do you think? What's going on? Uh, I really don't think those are connected too much. Okay. And the thing with <clears throat> with SMU is they just signed uh, his recruiter Rashad Samples, who's also mm-hmm. um, the recruiting coordinator there, and I think a running running backs coach. Um, they signed him to a three-year deal, so he's going to be there for at least, you know, two of those. Yeah. Um, so that's a big deal as far as his recruitment goes. Um, Tristan Lee, I think Oklahoma feels pretty good where they're at. They're going to have to survive that uh, that Florida visit, but I think that's something they could they can do with ease. I think that relationship with Caleb Williams and then beat both relationship with, with both Lee and his family, obviously he brought them in the last visit. Um, I think that's going to hold up for Oklahoma. What about Kamar Wheaton? It feels like we've been waiting on this man for a long time. Kamar Wheaton, I, I don't see any reason why he doesn't end up at Oklahoma unless for some reason he's been talking to Alabama and they've just kept it a secret the entire time. That sounds that sounds familiar. Almost but even with, I mean, with Alabama, there's so many writers, uh, so many recruiting guys that someone would know something as far as what those conversations are like. Right. Man, Oklahoma could end up with what kamar kamar wheaton tristan lee bryce foster what other five star might they be in on is that are you mentioning emeka egbuka yeah okay of course the wide receiver because Um, there's still some cloudiness surrounding that situation yeah it seemed like oklahoma was trending in the perfect direction and all of a sudden today i think a lot of people took a step back and it sounds like ohio state got involved um gave him a call you know yeah. kind of ease that momentum from Oklahoma's side. Maybe it's a 50-50 situation. And it really could be that Oklahoma, or Ohio State took the lead back. Yeah, um, It'll be something to watch probably tomorrow. I don't think this is quite over for Agbuka. I think it's going to go down to the last last evening, whoever gets that last call in. You know, yeah, and and I these I hear these, these days that teams, uh, when they reach out to recruits after visits, they use a really good, they use a really cool, a really cool app um, on their phones. Is it uh, Venmo? It's Venmo. Where's the cash app? I'm a Venmo cash person. app. Uh, some 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 are trending toward Apple Pay, um, or or stuff like that. But yeah, that's wild. <laughs> I mean, I've Venmoed plenty of people, um, usually for food or drinks. But yeah. it's you know, should whatever be, you got to do. Should should be interesting to say the least. But man. But there might be a game this weekend. There might not be a game this weekend. Regardless, I'm still watching college football. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, you guys can follow us on CrimsonandCreamMachine.com. Brought to you guys by SB Nation. 
I'm Kamehame Robbie. You can follow me at Kamehame and CCM. You can follow Steven Brown at OUPDATEDSB. Steve-O, tell him about the Discord because <clears throat> there have been people increasingly more getting involved, and it's a cool community. Yeah, the Discord, I mean, it's as packed as it's been. Um, a lot of conversations, especially in the recruiting world where information is going. It seems like hour to hour at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's free. Especially with the signing day coming up and it's free um call me are in there all the time we talk recruiting we're talking the games there's some other guys in there the just okay guys um are mm -hmm. in there with their podcast so um it's a great time it's free it's a big community and we always drop a little bit of info when we get it that's about it guys we will check you guys later whether or not there's a game we'll find out i guess we'll find out if these are even a post game so check you guys later stay safe and that's it